Hi, everyone. It's Kristen. And before we start, I just want to say thank you. If you went to the polls or mailed in your vote or helped someone in your community cast their ballot, thank you. Democracy only works when we participate. And this year's election, we saw record voter turnout, with more Americans voting than in any other election in history. And that couldn't have happened without you. So from a fellow American and a fellow voter, thank you. Here's what we heard from a few of you after the election was called for Joe Biden. I watched Biden's, you know, victory speech that night, and and it was the first time in my life I had ever cried, like, tears of joy. We can start rebuilding. My name is Donna Bertrand. I live in Baytown, Texas, and I love my country, and I love President Trump. Very proud to say I'm a Republican, but I voted for Joe Biden. I hope and pray that Joe Biden really keeps the promises that he has spoken on TV. I think we have a bright future ahead of us um, and a lot of work to uh, somehow heal this rift. I'm Kristen Holmes, and this is Election 101. We are currently recording on November 9th, six days after the election, and it has been a long week. We got results from some states quickly, and in other states, especially where there was a lot of mail-in voting, the results trickled in more slowly. And just like he said he would, President Trump is contesting results that aren't in his favor, no matter how valid those results might be. The Trump campaign is filing lawsuits, contesting some counts. President Trump is claiming victory in states that he didn't actually win. And the president and his supporters are calling for recounts in several states. But in this extraordinary year, this is what many observers expected to happen. So to help make sense of where things stand now, I invited Jessica Huseman, elections reporter from ProPublica, back to Election 101 to break down the count. Thank you so much for joining us, Jessica. Can you walk us through the process of how these ballots got counted? Yeah, sure. So this process differs wildly by state. But generally what happens is that states collect all of the ballots and their primary method for vote casting, whether you're a mail-in state like Colorado or Oregon, or you are a predominantly in-person state like Texas or Oklahoma, you're going to count those ballots first. And then you move on to other things. Mail-in ballots, unless you are really, really set up to cast and count mail-in ballots efficiently and you've practiced for a long time, just take a lot of time to count. And I, I think that that folks just don't really understand that because the margins in historic elections have been wide enough that the count itself hasn't really made the news. Um, so all of this was really expected and I, I'm really not alarmed by how long it's taking. One of the arguments that I have seen online or pieces of misinformation, is that there were all of these ballots discovered for Biden overnight. And I think that because there are some people who believe that, we need to walk them through what exactly happened. And I think it would be great if you could use Wisconsin and Milwaukee as an example of that. Yeah. You know, I think that Trump 
really discouraged his own voters from casting ballots by mail. So we saw a really stark partisan divide in how people chose to vote. And those ballots are going to be counted second. And because more Democrats cast ballots by mail, you saw more Democratic votes getting counted as the night went on. Milwaukee is kind of a you know, like a perfect example of all of the problems that have plagued this election. And in Wisconsin, the election administrators can't even start counting the ballots until election day. And that was something that the Democratic governor there tried to fix. Um, It was also something that election administrators tried to advocate for an extension on, and the Republican legislature simply said no. And so Milwaukee tried to increase transparency by doing a lot of things. You know, they did tons of media hits prior to this, warning people that this was going to take a long time. They even live streamed the counting process. But that did not stop people from making accusations that there was inappropriate behavior. There's no evidence of that. The only, you know, quote unquote, evidence that they've presented is that it takes a long time to count and that Biden really surged at the end. But again, those things were expected from the very beginning. You talk about Wisconsin and this rule, they can't even count ballots until Election Day. And that's the same with Pennsylvania. And we are obviously still seeing those numbers coming in. You know, what really is behind those laws that prevent the ballots from being counted until Election Day? Yeah. So, you know, in most states, mail-in ballots have been a really small percentage of the votes cast. And so these laws are basically relics of the past. They they want to make sure that all of the votes are counted in generally the same amount of time in the exact same way. And, and they also want to make sure that, you know, the folks counting the votes can't sort of hint at who might be winning prior to election day and impact the way that people choose to vote. And so, you know, I I think that these are just holdover laws that used to make a lot of sense given how we administered our elections, but simply don't anymore. And I'm curious, you know, did any of the states actually change their laws in preparation for this, knowing that because of the pandemic, there would be an influx of mail-in ballots? Yeah, lots of states gave election administrators more time to count ballots. That was even the case in states that didn't really expand vote by mail that much, but knew that the eligible populations would probably take more advantage of vote by mail than normal. So it was really sort of a outlier that a state would not adjust for the reality of the vote that we're facing in 2020. We'll be back after the break to talk about whether recounts actually make a difference and if how we cast our ballots this time around will change how we vote in the future. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support, your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Celebrities of all kinds are speaking publicly about their therapeutic trips, so to speak. It turns out there is a burgeoning industry ready to serve the new influx of people who find themselves turning away from traditional mental health therapy. The gap between what we know and what we don't about psychedelic therapy. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. Today's episode is brought to you by Stamps.com. This holiday season, more people will be mailing stuff than ever before. That means that the post office is going to be busy. Stamps.com brings the post office, and now UPS shipping, right to your computer. You can mail and ship anything from the convenience of your home or office. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business, whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller fulfilling orders during this record-setting holiday season, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Plus, Stamps.com saves you money with deep discounts that you can't get at the post office. With Stamps.com, you get $0.05 off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office this year. Sign up for Stamps.com instead. There's no risk. With the promo code ELECTION101, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in ELECTION101. That's Stamps.com. Enter ELECTION101. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. And we're back. Okay, so the Trump campaign has already said that they'll request a recount in Wisconsin. And we may see recounts happen in some of the other states where the race was tight, like Georgia and Pennsylvania. Can you walk us through how a recount actually works? Yeah, sure. So in a lot of states, there is usually some margin that would trigger either an automatic recount or would allow the campaigns to request a recount themselves. And basically, they count the votes in in much the same manner that they did the first time. Um, it's done by, you know, a different group of people. Um, it, it has more oversight. There is obviously more attorney involvement from the campaigns because it's usually a campaign triggered event. But generally, recounts don't move the needle that much. We're talking about maybe a couple of hundred votes either way. In 2016, Jill Stein led a huge effort to recount lots of ballots in states that didn't go to Hillary Clinton specifically. And none of those races were overturned. Everything stayed basically the same. And I have no reason to believe that that won't be the case this year. There are two more races that we're going to have to wait quite a while to hear about. Can you explain the process with the runoff races for the Georgia Senate seats? Yes, I love Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) I, this is just such a fascinating thing for me. So in Georgia, if a candidate does not get 50% of the vote or more, then the state goes into an automatic runoff. And what that means is that the only folks that are not going to be on the ballot that were before are the third party candidates who get one or 2% of the vote. Um, Not that much 
much, but enough to pull both candidates down below those margins um, that they need to declare victory in the state. And so in the next couple of weeks, I expect to see lots and lots of money pour into the state of Georgia um, so that the Democrats can attempt to you know, take control of the Senate. Um, and, and, and so that, that all hangs on Georgia. And so we're, we're going to see Georgia in the news for quite a bit longer. I, my, my heart goes out to the election administrators there who, after managing an election where they were in the national spotlight for days and days, are now going to have to conduct a runoff election. And all of the same accusations are going to come right back out again. So overall, I mean, how do you think this election worked? Do you think that the way this year's election played out will influence election administrators at all levels in the future in terms of laws and procedures? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think that, so first of all, let me say that ProPublica managed a massive team of reporters on election day and then also during early voting um, through our project Election Land. We had 500 local reporters spanned out across the country to watch election administration and watch the vote. And let me tell you something. It was the most boring day of my life. Nothing went wrong. It was stunning, like a stunning achievement for American election officials. I mean, I have been reporting on and studying only election administration for the last four and a half years. And I think and I'm not exaggerating, that 2020 was the best administered election that America has ever seen. And I think that in a lot of ways, this election is going to radically transform the way that Americans vote from now on. Polls show that folks love vote by mail. It is convenient. They can cast their ballot inside their own home. They can cast their ballot as they do research on each candidate on their ballot. People really like it. And that is a bell that cannot be unrung. It will be very difficult for states who have expanded vote by mail or early voting or the other voting options that were presented to voters during this pandemic. You know, they just won't be able to take those away. We're recording this on Monday morning, and we are, what, nearly 48 hours after the election has been called for Joe Biden. And Trump has not yet conceded the race. Does this matter? I mean, what what are the next steps here? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that the the step of concession is is important for national unity and it's important for the country in terms of our ability to move on and embrace the next administration. It doesn't have any legal bearing on whether or not the Biden administration can come into office after inauguration. Um, and, and so I, I, I think that, that it's important for folks to know that even if he never concedes, Joe Biden will still be president uh, after the inauguration happens in late January. So it's not quite over yet. I'm Kristen Holmes, and next week's episode of Election 101 will be the last one of the season. At this point, even though President Trump is insisting he will still win this election, all evidence points to the contrary. So next week, we'll check back in on the concession, if there is one, and we'll talk about the transition of power and how you can be an engaged citizen beyond the ballot box. 
If you have any questions about navigating the results or anything else about the election process, send us an email at askelection101 at cnn.com or message me on Twitter at Kristen H. CNN. Election 101 is a production of CNN Audio and iHeartRadio. It's hosted by me, Kristen Holmes. This episode was produced by Jordan Bailey. It was mixed by Ben Shano. Meryl Agish was our fact checker. Haley Thomas is the senior news producer. And Megan Marcus is the executive producer of CNN Audio. Additional support for the show comes from Greta Cohn, Lacey Roberts, Sarah Nix, Ashley Lusk, Lindsay Abrams, and Lisa Namoro. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.